walked in, everyone stopped and turned around and looked at them. Tumbleweed went by. No one made a sound. He came up to me, and all I heard him say was, If you're not wearing a pirate's tricord, you can't come in. Welcome to the Somewhat Sober Podcast. I am your host, Alex, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Senate himself. <laughs> Is I, the Senate, and my co-host, Discord, himself. Uh, Still Star Wars. Hey, how you doing? I'm Discord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, today's episode uh, is coming from our booze battle show, um, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Why don't we go around and share our drinks, boys? Mm, yes. I'm just drinking White Claw today. I'm being very lame. I went out last night, so uh, not as hungover as I thought I would be, so that's good. But I'm just drinking White Claw today. That makes you sound healthy. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I'm actually going local again with my Floridian beers. This is the Killer Whale Cream Ale, brewed and canned in Jacksonville, Florida by Bold City Brewery, and I entirely bought it because the picture on the can is of a killer whale in a pool floaty with a tattoo on his fin that says mom. And I was like, damn, that's pretty fucking cool. I have I to have love, this. I love craft brewery, like, you know, artwork oh, yeah. and design. I they just get as weird as possible. Yeah, but so I think Hannah's going to do some photography with some of these cans so we can, like, you know, post them up and tag the guys and everything. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, I am still drinking my uh, Kentucky beer, the Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale. ale. Um, but I told Noah this before. It's been brewed by the entire state of Kentucky. Exactly. Yeah. I told Noah this before we started recording. Um, I did, in fact, buy a bottle of wine to drink, oh. like, wine during this episode. But then I realized I can't find a corkscrew to open it. So it's just sitting on my floor. <laughs> hey, actually, Alex, and I'm not kidding, and I'm sure you have mm-hmm. these things where you live. Um, <laughs> if you can get a screw, get a screw, like a regular old wall screw, mm-hmm. screw it into the cork and then get a pair of really strong pliers and you can pull it out. That's a I was going to say, put it on the, put on the back fence and just shoot the neck off. Cause I know you guys have tons of guns out there. <laughs> you can't prove anything. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but. if you do have a screw and a <laughs> pair of really strong pliers, you should be able to get that open. Yeah. It's the hillbilly uh, corkscrew. <laughs> Rocco taught me that. Yeah, I'll try that later. <laughs> I actually I want to hear the audio of you trying that. Just the like grunting, eventual glass <laughs> shattering on the no. floor. But all right, let me let me set the stage for you boys here for our episode today. So, the warm February waters of the Gulf of Mexico are still in silent in the early morning haze. The first light of day has just begun to blanket the settlement of San Francisco de Campeche and the brightness of day. But with the light comes the sight of darkness cresting the shores just ahead. The enemies of New Spain have rallied the largest pirate fleet ever seen, led by none other than British naval vice admiral Christopher Mings. Mings, accompanied by some of the most notorious pirates of the Golden Age, is preparing to unleash his wrath upon the wealthy settlement of Campeche. Oh my god. I was even I was just thinking the other day, like I need to do a pirate ghost story episode. So this will be a perfect dovetail. Oh, and we can do 
Pi- and we, we can review Pirates of the Caribbean. Wow, Pirate Week. <laughs> can we actually do that? Can we actually like, we make that? We, we absolutely thing? can. Fuck yeah. We can yes. absolutely make that a thing. Oh my god, yes. We should. Love it. Um, that's why I said in the text a couple days ago that one of us should. Oh, okay. Uh, rum that makes for this sense. Episode. I thought you were still doing the Australian <laughs> one then. So that confused the fuck out of me, dude. Yeah. No, I um, I have the Australian one written, and then like eleven o'clock at night a couple days ago, it hit me. I was like, I should do a pirate episode. So then I yeah. spent like two hours in the nice middle of the night pirate. writing this one. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, if we uh, technically it would be a pirate yeah. month since our episodes come out. One week at a time. Let's yeah, so, let's make a pirate month. Oh yeah, dude, that's, that's let's true. do it. Let's pirate, pirate history honestly, month. Man. We can great. do themes. I mean, our shows are. I think we could probably find common ground to do similar esque. Uh, oh, for sure. Themes. Anyway, yeah, no, let's get into the so pirates of uh, San Francisco or whatever you were saying. Well, it's it's the Gulf of Mexico, so it's not San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco. Oh, I thought you said. So, all right. Let me. So the year that we're looking at. Is 1663, which sets us solidly in the beginning of the golden age of Caribbean piracy. But to get there, we got to go back, as always, and set the stage a little bit. So this era is synonymous with the with piracy, but also with the great European powers vying for control of territory and trade throughout the Caribbean Sea. So you have the classics with Britain, France, Spain, Portugal, and the Netherlands. Um, all competing for control of the Caribbean at this point. Um, Can you imagine living at a time when Portugal mattered? Bruh, they controlled half of South America at one point. I know, but now they're like the like weird attached twin to Spain. <laughs> um, that was kind of mean. I have nothing against Portugal. I just feel like they used to be a superpower, and now they're mm. very much not. I mean, you could say the same thing about Spain. Spain's one of the poorest countries in Europe now. But, like, they also controlled half the world. Yeah. Um, so, as the competition between the European powers grew in this area, it also raised what you could say some business opportunities in the region as well. Mm. Um, entrepreneurs. Yes. <laughs> entrepreneurs smelled opportunity. Pratt, as yeah. rum and plunder became more prevalent, piracy began to, be, began to uh, become very popular in the early 1650s. Um, it's free real estate. <laughs> hey, memes are my job. <laughs> so I got curious. Um, speaking of, I got curious when I was doing research on this, and I looked like roughly when Pirates of the Caribbean the movies actually take place. Yeah. And the creator said that they take place about 1720 to 1750. So that's like solidly in the middle of piracy. The era that we're looking at is like the beginning of piracy when it's still becoming like a big thing in the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean origins. Glorious. <laughs> I'm talking so, about young Jack Sparrow. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. No, you're good. X Men Origins, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> He's going to have his mouth shown shut. Not going to be anything like his character. He shows like Davy Jones has no mouth at the end of the movie or some shit. Shoots lasers out of his tits. So, <laughs> so, our main character for this episode is named Christopher Mings. So, Mings was born in Norfolk. England in 1625 thereabout he was baptized in 1625 so it could have been a couple of years prior but not a ton is known huh. about him as a kid but it's it's widely believed that he was raised with an emphasis on sailing because he like immediately joined the royal navy um which was not like a fun thing to do then. yeah most people were well, most people were like 
kidnapped into it at that point, weren't they? It depends on who you like, were. That's what shanghaiing someone is. It depends on who you were. If you're like poor or whatever, then yeah. But like, see, it's it's. Oh, so he he like bought a officer's well, commission. Well, see, kind of. so after he, he became an officer, he like created this whole aura around himself, saying that he came from a wealthy family. But like historians dispute that and think he was lying. So nobody really knows how he got into the Navy if oh, it was that. Well, rags to riches. Yeah, but they think he made that story up. But he maybe he killed someone. Before. Good, that's more fun. But he became famous uh, for like he first really shows up in historical sources in 1653 during the um, Dutch Anglo War when he he somehow managed to capture two Dutch man of wars without firing any shots and brought them back to England as like captives. Um, so he. I did that in a black. I was about bro. to say, I know the power yeah, levels on those ships. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty See, rough. I never wanted. He probably had to climb up the that's side what I was gonna say. and start I never him. ever wanted to fight the man of wars with my boat, so I just swam to them and then climbed up and killed everybody on board. <laughs> I never thought of that. Huh? No, hey, you can you can yeah. do it, and then you shoot them, and they instantly die because there's no right. crew on board. I fucking cheated the shit out of that game doing that all the time. Um. But for those that don't know what a man of war is, it's like it's basically like top of the line battleship for this era uh, of naval warfare. Um, a, a general man of war ship could carry about 120 cannons on it. So I think it was 56 on either side, um, and then a couple on the front, um, which is absurd. It is. It's a shitload. That's just when you look at like like modern warships, they have one cannon on them usually. They have like one five-inch gun on the front, maybe two. Back then, it was like the tactic was wall of cannon. Like you have to think about a modern gun is firing like a projectile with explosive <laughs> ordnance in it at like they had exploding cannon. They bolts. did, but it's just a metal round ball compared to like this rifled thing aimed by a computer. Okay, yeah, that's fair, <laughs> but I guess. My point is, wouldn't it be cooler if we had the the super high tech guns we have oh, now? For sure. But we had them in the numbers that they had back for then. For sure. We should on a sailing. Vessel. Yeah, we should lobby the government for that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's where they want their budget. That's on to go. top of their list right now. <laughs> then I'll lose my yes. government funding. <laughs> um, <laughs> the worst fate of all. So, uh, so that was. 1653 that he first got uh, recognized for his military service. So by 1656, he is sent to Jamaica, which is a British colony at this point, um, to help command the British fleet based out of there in the Caribbean. Um, he garners himself a reputation as kind of a jackass, but he he's the type that leads from the front in the thick of battle, so everybody starts to respect him a lot. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, what? Honestly, what wasn't a British territory in that time frame? Cuba. Cuba. Oh, oh okay, that makes sense. Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> so, um, so you got Mings in Jamaica kind of tearing it up, building a name for himself in the Caribbean. Um, and that was life, Yes, really. that was 1658. So, 2 years later in or that was 1656, I'm sorry. 2 years later in 1658, the Anglo-Spanish War breaks out. Um, but to understand this war, um, the Dutch-Anglo War was similar. Uh, you have to kind of, we got to leave the Caribbean for a second and get into the weeds of it. So this era in British politics and history is really notable because it's called the Commonwealth Era. Um, 
in the 16... Probably like Maryland. Yes, but different, because in the 1640s, England had a civil war um, that it encompassed all of Britain. So, um, so if you don't know, Britain is the island that has England, Wales, and Scotland on it, and then Ireland is the big island just to the west. Um, the modern United Kingdom is just England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, so not all of Ireland. But at this point, the United Kingdom still controlled all of Ireland. Oh, yes. Um, yes. I hadn't had any uh, trouble with them. <laughs> no troubles yet. Um, so the Civil War breaks out in the 1640s, um, and the royal family, the Stuarts, are deposed. Um, and so this guy named Oliver Cromwell, what the fuck was that? Sorry, I dropped something. <laughs> what, what was that? I have a metal tray that I keep my. It's it's it attaches to the mic stands for me to put the uh, the interface gotcha. on, and one of the bolts, not bolt, one of the uh, the nuts, I think that I didn't need is I've just been playing with it and I dropped it on it. <laughs> that Popeye broke in your room. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um. So after the Civil War, this guy named Oliver Cromwell uh, rises up to take control of the new quote-unquote Republican government government of uh, Great Britain and names himself Lord Protector. So Lord Protector is like the title that he gives himself, but like he's basically just the dictator. Um, and so it, it very quickly, all of this kind of goes back to religion as well. The Stuart uh, uh, kings before Cromwell took over were all Catholic, and Cromwell is a staunch Protestant that thinks Catholics are like the, the scorn of the earth and he needs to wipe all Catholics off the face of the planet. Um, is this before the Anglican Church was created? No, this is about 200 years after that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so he's probably Anglican. Is he an Anglican? I didn't dive that deep, but I'd assume he's Anglican, okay. yeah. I didn't realize that England had Catholic kings oh, yeah. after that. Yeah, thing. no, they, um, the Stuarts were all Catholic, which made it, it goes back and forth. So this is getting very into the weeds. You go back to the mid-1500s, you have Elizabeth, who was a Protestant. But her cousins in Scotland, Mary, Queen of Scots, was a Catholic. And then after she was gone, they took the throne. So then the Catholics came back and they had the Restoration. It's not called the Restoration. I don't remember what it's called. But um, she was known as Bloody Mary because she took the throne. And then she killed everybody that wasn't Catholic. Um, it was oh. fucking, it was a bloodbath. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so this period is marked by constant swings of England going back and forth between Catholic and Protestant. Um so Cromwell is a staunch Protestant, um, and he sees all of these, uh, all of the the countries surrounding England and Western Europe are all Catholic, except the Netherlands. He um he immediately goes after the Netherlands because they're kind of trying to encroach upon um, Britain's territorial claims. Um, so you get the first Anglo-Dutch War, um, and then after they beat, it's gonna be very loud, huh? All the wooden shoes <laughs> clomping around on the battlefield. Just ice skating. Wait, we can hear them coming. Rup, dup, 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 dup. Yes. Um, so, after the dust settles and that war is over, um, uh, Oliver Cromwell kind of takes a step back and he surveys everything around him. And he sees, he kind of notices, like, you know, in the 1500s, England was, like, out there getting all this territory and like now we're not like we've just been dealing with all these religious squabbles for the last hundred years and we've kind of fallen behind so he declares that england will begin a new age of exploration 
And with that, he also decides that it is time for England to start taking aim at the Catholic nations that surround them. And so France and Spain are the two biggest uh, enemies at this point, and they're both Catholic. He decides that Spain is the bigger opponent, so they side with France and go to war with Spain. Um, so, as part of this war, um, previous to Cromwell taking over, the British royal family uh, strictly adhered to like gentlemen's warfare, just like all the other countries would, <clears throat> and like you would only attack military targets. You wouldn't attack their trade vessels. You wouldn't attack civilians. Cromwell didn't play that way, and he tells the British just to fuck yeah, up everything. That's because that's <laughs> that is a stupid way to fight yes. a war. We shall meet tomorrow. I will bring twenty of my men. You bring twenty of yours, and oh, very good. We will see who <laughs> back in time for tea. Yes. Right. No. Exactly. It was like it was like wars, like the quote unquote like gentlemen's wars, like relegates actual battles where people are actually dying. To the same level of seriousness, it's like a golf I was course. literally just about to say, I imagine this is all taking place on a golf course. <laughs> I was literally yeah. about to say that. It's exactly like, it's like, it's like that kind of person. Um, they're on those big hats with the palms on it. Big baggy, big baggy <laughs> pants. Um, Generals are scooting around in a golf cart the whole time. <laughs> Have you ever seen the commercial? <laughs> Have you ever seen the commercial where, I think it's a Dodge commercial where Washington is riding into battle in a challenger yes i have seen that commercial um i have not but that sounds dope as yeah, fuck i know that commercial. fucking love that commercial it's a good one but so we've set the stage for the first anglo-spanish war now we return to our main character mings who is still stationed in jamaica he's been there for two years kind of creating a crew making a name for himself and he's Getting climbed the ranks a little stoned, bit probably <laughs> kicking it with tupac <laughs> hey guys we found um, a great new thing we need to export like right now <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think back then it was fairly common to actually chew marijuana leaves was it? yeah because you get sort of the same effect if you like chew it into like a paste in your mouth a little bit you know, they still i don't know i'm basing this now. off of a book i read set in that time period that was oh, fictional speaking of but, this real quick sorry um I, someone gave me an edible as part of my tip last night at work. Oh my. It was it was packaged. It was oh, packaged. Damn. It was like from a dispensary. It wasn't like some oh, just like gotcha. sketch. There wasn't like a no, bite taken like out of a, it. You know, I, I know saying that sounds kinda of like what? No, it was like a <laughs> he was like a middle aged dude. He had like a Springboro, you know classic, you know, middle aged, you know, soccer dad who's getting fucking stoned on dispensary gummies. Um That's like the entire plot of the show yeah. Weeds. It's all like soccer mom. But yeah, I have a, we'll, we'll I have a packaged in. edible from last night. <laughs> Someone gave me at a table. Anyway. All right. So Mings is still in Jamaica, stoned out of his fucking mind. Um, and the war <laughs> starts and his orders come down from Cromwell's government in England. And they tell him his job is to disrupt all the Spanish trade in the Caribbean. Kind of like a pirate. Just go out and find any Spanish ship you can find and pillage it for everything it has. Um, was he a, like a privateer? No, he was a naval still officer? a naval officer. He was flying a British flag doing this. Hmm. Um, well, that's like taking some of the fun out of it. <laughs> well, so to do this, Mings takes it upon himself to begin recruiting buccaneers, better known as pirates, as his official British fleet. So he literally just like goes into town and he's like, hey, 
You want to fucking go steal some shit? Come work for me and I'll pay you as part of the British government. Wow. Yeah. And a side note here, we can tie this back into the Super mm. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay having a team called the Buccaneers is fucking flawed. Because <laughs> the Buccaneers were on the other side of the state. They were never on uh, in the Tampa Bay area, I think. Wow. Wait, I'm fucked. I'm I'm fucked up. Never mind. Yeah, okay. this entire I was gonna segment. say I am so wrong. I was confused by that statement. Well, I don't. I still don't think there were Buccaneers on like that part of the Florida coast. But whatever. There also weren't Vikings in Minnesota. So <laughs> I mean, I don't know, go fuck myself. They were in New York. That's pretty fucking far from Minnesota. Nah, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. There aren't any Bengal tigers roaming the streets of That's Cincinnati. A lot of Browns, though. I made one this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um mings begins building his fleet of pirates um and so he just starts setting out across the caribbean plundering all the spanish ships that he comes across um any ship flying a spanish flag is his target but uh so this goes on for a couple months but then word comes down that span or british intelligence has gotten word that port royal which is like the main city in Jamaica at this point. I don't know if it still is, but at this point, Port Royal is like where all British command comes out of for their Caribbean outposts. Um, Port Royal is being targeted for a major attack by the Spanish. So they call um, Mings back. They give him a whole bunch of new British ships and tell him like, these are yours, protect the bay against whatever attack is coming. And he like, he like surveys the fleet, all these. It's like one big, I don't remember. It's a big capital ship. It's not a man of war, but it's a big, nice ship, and then a bunch of smaller, frigate? what you would call cruisers. Yeah, it's like a frigate, and then like light support ships. I think it was a total of sixteen ships that they okay. give him. He like he goes back, takes the new capital ship that they give him, and then he just like nopes the fuck out. He's like, I don't need any of the shit. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing, and I'll just attack any Spanish ship that gets close to Port Royal. So instead of like setting up a whole defense in the the bay. He just keeps pirating around Port Royal to create the defense and doesn't take any of the ships except for the big one that they give him. You know why that is, though? (laughs) Why? Because he's having fun. He's like, I don't want to sit in this bay and just wait for them to come to me. I'm going to keep fucking around attacking people. That's what happens when you give a stoner a bunch of fucking military. (laughs) Do we know how old this guy was at this point? So, if... We're saying that he was born in 1625. This is 1659, so that makes him oh, 35. So say he's in he's in his prime. He's having a great time. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, just probably... they gave him all the toys he wanted, and he's pretty much free to attack who he wants with them. I mean, if you think about it, 35 is like middle age at this point in history, though. That's a good. But so he takes his ship and his pirates back out and uh, creates his pirating defense perimeter so to say around port royal um and it's effective he like the spanish never get anywhere near port royal um and it becomes so effective that he gets super ballsy and even though this wasn't like part of his direct royal man i guess not royal mandate but mandate from cromwell he starts raiding into modern day colombia and venezuela and attacking the, the spanish settlements there and he just keeps after he does all these missions he'll come back to port royal with just like ass loads of fucking gold and shit is that how they just uh, dumps it off in the city they describe it that's how they, that's yes the, they measured it metric the royal ledgers <laughs> yes. whose who's ass was uh, the standard that's actually the imperial system <clears throat> it was uh it was marie antoinette's ass actually yeah 
<laughs> Made a cake. <laughs> um. <laughs> they can have my cake. Let let them eat my cake. That's that's really what she meant. Yeah, let them yeah. let them eat cake. <laughs> yeah. We all know. She, she actually said that it. looking over okay. her shoulder at the person she was talking to. <laughs> that was because she was in a guillotine. <laughs> yeah, no. It's pretty easy to look over your shoulder when they're not attached anymore. <laughs> um so his he's not he doesn't actually hold the uh rank of vice admiral yet. He's just Holy a shit. captain, I guess. Yeah. He's 35. So all of, he's like skyrocketing up. Yeah. But all of his higher ups that actually like the governor of the um of Jamaica at this point is getting really pissed cuz he's like kind of taking on and doing his own thing. Um but he's super effective, so nobody in England actually wants to like check his power. Um, so he just continues on with all this like friction back in Port Royal every time he comes back with all this gold and stuff. Um, How much friction can he really have if he's dumping quote ass loads of gold into their city? <laughs> I mean, I feel, I feel like you let someone do their thing if they're doing that much for you. I mean, yeah, but then it's like. What happens if he decides he wants to raid Port Royal, too? I think that's kind of what scares them. Uh, okay. It's like like Julius Caesar. Like, how strong do you let Caesar get before he decides to cross the Rubicon and then take over Rome? Oh, yeah. He, of right. course, that was actually the first thing I thought of as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're the only person I know with a Julius Caesar hoodie, Alex. So That's true. I got it for Christmas, though. Yeah. Is it sad that my only real knowledge of Julius Caesar in that era is from Fallout New Vegas and the Legion? Oh, my. You know, funny you say that. I'm actually doing a replay of New Vegas right now. Oh, isn't it a good time? It's so good. I haven't played it in probably seven years. It it's so fun. Up, bro. It, it really does. Up. It looks like shit, but I don't give a fuck about that. Oh, yeah. No, it's still buggy as fuck, too, but no, it's such a good fucking time. I, I love know. that game. Uh, yeah, I, I know a little bit about Rome. I do. I just... I know a lot of it from that. It's it's the waiter Absolutely. knowledge. He knows about a Caesar salad. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, you, I, just, I, you stab it. You no, stab it a lot. I was about to say, the, my favorite thing to say, which makes all middle-aged dads laugh at my tables when I bring them a salad, is like, you know, you can make any Caesar, you can make any salad a Caesar salad depending on how many knives you put in it. And they're all like, ha, ha, ha. See, that is and they, and they an tip edible tip worthy joke. <laughs> exactly. It is. It is. I've yeah. been doing this for a while. I know how to. I know how to, <laughs> know how to know weasel weed out of my customers. <laughs> <laughs> Migs no. would be proud of me. He would. He would be so proud of you. But no, I have, as we've discussed previously, a huge heart on for the Mongolians. The second place in my heart is held by Julius Caesar. So we'll absolutely do a Julius Caesar episode at some point. Maybe we'll just do an episode. So what is it? Caitlin coming third then? <laughs> She's like. I'm not going to decline that one. <laughs> oh, boy. You better not cut that. You better keep that in. I like how there um, wasn't uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was just a, well, she's actually, I want to say <laughs> sixth, but maybe seventh next to, uh. Well, you've got, you've got, the, you know, the Mongols, but then the steppe peoples as a whole, like, I kind of put them in fourth, so. <laughs> you got, yeah, you got Tartars and Cumans in there. Mm, yeah, she's down at, like, Cumans. seven now at this point. <laughs> also, you're just listing spices. And I there was one time I was it was one of those nights where we were up super late drinking with your dad. I think you were gone. It was just me and your dad and I was literally coming up with how many step tribes had the same name as 
fucking spices and like toppings for burgers and shit. I think you are the only person I would ever know in my life who could do that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. I have a weird thing for shit like that. But um, okay. So Mings is having a gay old time in the Caribbean. Um, but Whoa. then 1660 rolls around and his fun is cut short. The restoration takes place in England, and the Stuart dynasty comes back to power. Uh, King, is it Charles II? Or... So it's James Charles Charles James. I remember that from political science. I just oh, don't remember James which Charles one it is. Yeah, I was about to say, this story just changed a lot. <laughs> how, how good did they look? I bet they all had makeup palettes. They look they're exporting. fabulous. The restoration fabulous. of England's bronzer has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh... Sorry, I'm reading my notes. Um, yeah, so he gets... Before this, though, he's so effective, I meant to add this, that Mings ends up getting the nickname of Cromwell's Pirate. All of the other European powers literally regard, regard him as like a war criminal pirate. That's dope and Cromwell, shit. Yeah, Cromwell won't do anything to stop him, so they start calling him Cromwell's Pirate. But Cromwell is no longer in power, right? That... I, had to, I forgot to add that. So... Now Cromwell has been kicked out of power, and Charles II is king of England, once again, a Catholic. So, he executes uh, Cromwell, and he ends the Spanish War, because the Spanish are Catholic. As you do. Um, yeah, so Mings is called back to Port Royal, and he starts getting shipped off to England as a war criminal. But, halfway there, well, that doesn't seem it. very fair, though. Like, yeah, well, was, he was still fighting for their country, wasn't he? He was a war criminal, but also he was, so the royal charter that, not, I keep wanting to say royal charter, the charter that he had from the Commonwealth told him that all of his riches or whatever that he gathered were supposed to go back to Port Royal to be used by the government, but he was paying, because he had literal pirates in his service, he was dividing up the booty amongst them, and that was illegal. So on top of his war crimes, he broke the law I'm by sorry. paying his... You're not using slaves, so you're a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually paying... He sounds like a decent boss. He's actually paying his workers in, like, jewels and stuff right. to get a percentage of the profits. I'm, told, I'm on his side. Um. <laughs> we're, okay with the, the, we're okay with the pillaging and the, uh, and the weed smoking, but labor laws? Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are, like, anti-labor laws, honestly. Or anti well, that's what I, Yeah, like, anti-labor mm. laws or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he's like halfway back to England and then his ship gets stopped by another message that intercepts them. So the Catholic King, Charles II, has had meetings with all of his advisors about Mings and they have decided that even though they've stopped the war because Spain is Catholic and they're Catholic, they still want to fuck up Spain because Spain is their biggest rival in the Caribbean. So they're going to send Mings back in a less official capacity still pay him and he'll retain his titles and the navy but he's gonna fly his own flag and be a total pirate God, now. fuck yeah <laughs> that has to, yeah. to go from like i'm probably gonna get executed when i get home to them going like you know what you're gonna be our sponsored pirate that had to be the best fucking day of his life literally yeah um so by 1662 mings is back uh with his pirate fleet fucking up spain again but now he literally, like, before, because he was flying a British flag, he couldn't necessarily do anything he wanted. Like, he still pillaged everything, but he couldn't, like, sack a city and then rape and pillage for a couple weeks like other pirates would. 
but now he can literally do that if what he wants shame. to because he's a total pirate. Yeah, I know. Um, so um, he ramps up the piracy by like ten, but he's still being paid by the British government. Actually, I'll, I'll take this slight pause to ask a question: Do we know what his pirate flag looked like? I don't. There's I couldn't find any record of that. I just assume it's black with like, like a weed leaf on it, maybe. Yeah. White <laughs> skull and bones, weed leaf. <laughs> Run, nice. Captain Marley is coming for us. <laughs> um, you just hear you just you're 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 a Spaniard on a, on some frigate out in the in the water, and you just you just in the distance you just hear Rastafarian music. You hear the you hear the you hear the steel drum. Just off in the distance, it's like, is that a cruise ship? And it's just <laughs> fucking. I just imagine a fucking cruise liner, but it's a pirate ship. It's like the HMS Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah, come over. Ming's got like a fucking like cocktail glass. Jimmy Buffett is tied to the mast. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett is the like the figurehead at the prow of the ship. He's just tied there, still alive. <laughs> Um, so he spends six Mings, uh, gets his crew back and throughout 1662, he just keeps hitting bigger and bigger targets now that he has no restrictions on him. And finally, he sets his sights on the Spanish settlement of Campeche. Um, and so Campeche is, uh, it's in modern day Mexico. It's in the Yucatan Peninsula. If you know where that is, it's like southernmost, um, Mexico where it kind of like it's a peninsula that curls up to the north again, so it's on, like, the inside of the peninsula. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was settled by Spanish con- conquistadors way back in early in the early 1500s. So this is one of their earliest settlements in modern-day Mexico. Uh, it was probably, I couldn't find an exact year, but it was probably roughly around the time that they settled St. Augustine, because that was the very first one oh, in North shit. America, but it probably well, wasn't too long after that. I will say, from what I know of St. Augustine, as the... The, the record it holds as the longest continuously lived in city in North America that doesn't bode mm. well for this city. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the settlement quickly grew uh, because along the coastline, it was the only settlement that had a deep water port. So you could pull really big ships right up to the, the settlement, which meant that all of the surrounding areas would ship all of their goods that they were making, all the gold and silver they were mining, all the sugar cane that they farmed, and textile dyes were another big one that came through here. They all ended up in Campeche and then would be shipped out to Spain from the port. Um, so that meant the Campeche was almost always just filled with lots of shit to steal. Um, and so right off the bat, they kind of always struggled with piracy which made the Spanish start beefing up defenses. They had, um, they had these things all over the city called uh, high ground towers, which... Blah, blah, blah. Uh. <laughs> I, I, it's almost too easy. It's, I was going to say, these write themselves, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. High that, ground tower. We, ha- that, we, we have to make the meme of that. We do. Don't try it, Ming. So I have the high ground. I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already on the high ground, bro. <laughs> but they had they're like these Jesus. big stone towers where the Spanish would just stoned stay the towers you say I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> they have weed there <laughs> um <laughs> um so 
uh, Campeche eventually became like this really like it's not a big city, but it became a hub for trade that pirates kind of stopped attacking because the Spanish started. They put in a garrison and started beefing up defenses. So nobody really ever tested Campeche in the last like 15 years or so at this point. But in January of 1663, Mings puts out the call to every pirate in the area, like, come join my fleet. We're going to go fuck up Campeche. Um, and it becomes this thing, like, all over the Caribbean. Even Campeche itself hears about it, like, oh, fuck, Mings is coming to fuck us up. So um, they were not, they were not like, he, stealthy about this at all? It was a big, like, no, we're coming to fuck you up kind of thing? He made posters and everything for it to recruit people. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> treating it like a party. Like, that's literally yeah. the equivalent of the Facebook event, Let's All Raid Area 51. Like, yes, that's, that's exactly what this was. <laughs> Oh we're God. gonna oh, Naruto run over the Gulf of Mexico to Campeche. Okay. Area Fifty One wasn't actually shitting themselves because, yeah. Um, oh shit, they were the ones with the guns. Yeah, yeah, that would be like if that Facebook group collected everyone who owned like their own private jet fighter and we're like we're going to Area Fifty One. <laughs> um. So Ming's in this singular month. <sighs> sorry. Uh, he ends up putting together the largest known pirate fleet ever. Uh, with 14 ships under his command, totaling in about 1,400 men. Um, God damn! And among these, yeah, among these pirates are some of the most favorite, or fa- favorite, famous pirates of the era, like Captain Henry Morgan of mm. Captain Morgan Rum fame, and yes. another captain named Captain Abraham Beauvais. Beauvelt. I'm not sure. It looks. French. I was gonna say it sounds like that doesn't. The T does not get pronounced in that name. Yeah, he was a former Dutch explorer that decided to become a uh, a pirate. This area is um, nice. It's... I think I will rob everyone here. Now. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, so on top of these known famous pirates, it's also believed by historians that a lot of like later famous pirates served in this massive fleet as young men or boys, oh God, and they like, kind of like learned an origin story. For, yeah, for lots of pirates later on. Oh, that's so just cool. The young Edward Thatch just there, just chilling. Yeah, as a captain. Yeah. Do we know time wise, like, would you he happy have been that I know then? his actual name? <laughs> I tried looking up a bunch of them, and I couldn't find. Like, I looked up the classics, like Blackbeard and stuff, but all the ones that I looked up were way after this. Like the the ones that I think of from like um what's Assassin's Creed, that was like seventeen twenty something. So this is too late for that. So it's like the generation before Blackbeard's generation. Okay. Are you happy I actually knew his name? Oh, yeah. Well, Edward was his Thatch. name Thatch or Teach? It was both, I think. I think Thatch was like, I want to say, th- I don't remember which one was his Christian name, but I think, I I know Thatch was like part of, Thatch was like what he was referred to before he was Blackbeard. Okay. Um, but he, yeah, he actually, uh, he had a, he had a place down in, uh, up, in uh, North Carolina, in Outer Banks, or Rope Crook, Ooh. or whatever it's called. Like, that's, that's fun. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Uh, this is, like, what I know about, I, this is, like, the little knowledge I know about this shit is from Blackbeard, because my dad fucking loves Blackbeard, and mm. he, that's why we, that's actually, I think, the reason why we vacationed at Outer Banks, or why we started to, because uh, Blackbeard did have a home there, um, and some say that's where his treasure is still, like, buried and waiting. Oh, yeah. Found. I think that's loosely loosely based or like inspired by the show outer banks on netflix loosely oh gotcha um, yeah but yeah no he had a house in outer banks in north carolina and Rook, Rook, I, I can never say the name right of the area of the part of the the 
peninsula or whatever. But yeah, he had a he had a home there um, in North Carolina. And he had like Super fun. seven or eight wives throughout his life. Yeah, he, absolutely. <laughs> um, he did. But yeah, actually, I think he was killed near. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna push my luck on what I know. I do. Know <laughs> I, mean, I do. I do think he was killed further up the coast, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure it was off the coast of North Carolina. Well, they they caught up to him in like a. Yeah. Like an atoll or something. It was a really shallow area that they were fighting in. Yeah. And his hmm. body swam around the boat, like, what, 13 times or something <clears> like that? Yeah, that's actually the historical fact of it, after the head was cut off. Huh. No. I do know something. How about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely not a legend at all. That, that one is totally true. Well, we're going to so, leave the creepy pirate legends for my episode. Yes, that will be fun. So, he uh, Ming spends all of January 1663 recruiting this fleet. By the beginning of February, he's ready to set out. So they sail from Port Royal, uh, I think it's February 6th, and by the night of February 8th, I might be off on those days, but by fe- the night of February 8th in 1663, they sail into Campeche Bay. But Mings, this was all his plan. He wanted to get there in the middle of the night. So they sail into the bay with their lanterns blown out, and their sails are pulled really tight so you can't hear them flapping in the wind. And, and he's able to... You can't see the giant white square that would be a Exactly. Sail. So they're able, in the middle of the night, able to sail right into the bay past the settlement. And he lands a thousand of his men on the shore just a couple miles up from Fuck. the city in the middle of the night. Um, so Mings, after he lands all his men in this amphibious landing... He takes the rest of his boats and just sits in the middle of the bay until sunrise. So he has it planned that his men that he landed, his thousand of his 1,400, are going to hike through the jungle in the middle of the night and outflank the city from behind while he bombards it from the front. And but um, Okay, so logistically, he's got 14 ships. And now he's got 400 guys to spread out over 14 ships. But before, he had an average of 100 people a ship. Right. So are they like skeleton crews manning his ships now? I don't, I don't know how many people probably. man these boats. Um, I assume, yeah, it's probably like he he has the element of surprise, so he might not have even needed to use all 14 ships as gunships. Because like, so as we'll see, the sun rises over the sea and the Spanish lookouts who have been on watch because like Campeche knew that this attack was coming and they still didn't oh, manage to got see in it trouble for that until one. the night. <laughs> Some poor fucking like nineteen year old Spanish dude sleeping on his musket and didn't notice an entire yeah. fleet parked right next to their town. <laughs> he's he's well, weird. The, the sun comes up and they catch sight of all these ships sitting in the bay bef- before they can even raise the alarm. Begin uh, Mings begins his coastal uh, uh, bombardment and just completely destroys all their coastal defenses, all their their seaside guns and walls and stuff. He just completely destroys them, but, so they never even fire a but, shot at but him. But the high ground? What happened to the high ground? <laughs> well, we're getting there, we're getting there. So, this has had the high ground since Jamaica, bro. Come on. <laughs> he is the high ground. As <laughs> I am the high ground. <laughs> so... The Spanish are focused on Ming's attack from the sea because they think that's his whole fleet. They see 14 ships out in the bay. Mm. They think that's all his men. They aren't Uh. expecting a thousand pirates to come in from the jungle out of nowhere. So as they're all focused... Fucking understandably, that's got to be a Right. As they're all focused on the sea, his men start invading from the rear of the city in the jungle. Um, 
And this is where the uh, the high ground towers come into play. There are 150 Spanish soldiers in the city, and then there's like the militia of the local settlers, and they're all manning these towers around the city. So that's like the only defenses they have left, because majority of their defenses were all focused on the sea, because like nobody's ever attacked in a simultaneous land and sea attack like this before. It was all new from Ming's. Hmm. Um, so he just pretty much fucks them right off the bat. So what they have left, they jam 150 soldiers into these towers, and the huh. uh, Ming's pirates just kind of swarm over the city. And uh, the whole battle itself only lasts for two hours. I was going to say, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Take it, out it the was majority like, of your defense in like the first minute. And they're like, well, uh, what else do we do? <laughs> Wombo combo right, right out the fucking start. <laughs> um, so in the, in the end, uh, Mings kills 50 of the 150 soldiers. There's no real uh, tally on how many civilians died. They only know the actual tally of the soldiers. I imagine so they that end up there capturing. were some uh, you know, cannonballs landing in people's kitchens and shit like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, So they capture 100 of the soldiers, but it said like there's hundreds and hundreds of people injured. Um, and of Ming's 1,400 men, he only loses 30. So it's Holy like an overwhelming shit. victory. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And he doesn't lose a single ship. I Well, yeah, it doesn't sound like they had an option to even touch Chance a ship. Chance to fire. Yeah. Well, at, we'll see in a minute. They had ships in the bay. They just never used them. What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't need to. Oh, yeah. I, I will. Oh. Okay. So since we're kind of moving into like he's got the city now, when you said that mm. they crowded all the soldiers into the towers, I thought the pirates were just going to set the towers on fire. <laughs> They totally could like, have. Like, uh, I, from my understanding, they were made of stone. But, like, you could set the, the wood that's bracing it inside on fire if they broke into it. That'd be horrifying. That's, that, that's what I was excited. I thought they were just going to turn into, like, Spanish candles. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd just jump if they set it on fire. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the similar mentality was unfortunately taken in American history, too. What? Pirate fuel can't melt uh, stone high grounds. <laughs> oh, God, fuck. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly where you were I fucking going. I had no idea where you were going with that. <laughs> so glad. I was waiting for you to like say something else. <laughs> 9-11 joke into our episode set in the 1600s. What the fuck even is pirate fuel? <laughs> I think I, I thought was, it was burning I was pirates. Trying to think on my feet on that one. I'm sorry. I'll do better next time. Next time, thank I make, you. Next pirate time fuel is burning fuel. Spaniards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, from the first day of the battle, February eighth, like they take the city in two hours. They spend two full weeks in the city, just burning and pillaging and raping the whole city. It's a fucking bloodbath. I will say, um, as a podcast, we do not endorse rape. I get that was part no, of the piracy not. thing, mm-hmm. and we kind of sound like we're on the pirate side and stuff, but that's because we've got a very, like, yo-ho-heave-ho, like, mm-hmm. view of pirates. Yeah. We're like, we're like, yeah, we're like the modern-day, like, you know, Jake the Pirate view on things. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not Jack Sparrow, mm-hmm. not Black Sails or anything like that. Definitely the Disney Channel well, cartoon. Maybe a little Jack Sparrow. No, yeah, Jack Sparrow. Expert is not that bad. Expert is fantastic. <laughs> but rapist pirates suck. Yes. Um, but Jack Sparrow never raped anyone. He's a gentleman. No, true. 
Justice He's framed. Hashtag justice for Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um. So, in the end, after the two weeks, once the, the pirates finally decide they've had their fill, they leave Campeche with 150,000 pieces of Spanish silver. Um. They take, there was 14 Spanish ships docked in the bay when they attacked that were completely untouched, so they take all 14 of the ships with them when they leave. Wait, so everyone <laughs> left in the town can't leave now? Yeah, <laughs> They're just stuck literally. there. I mean, whatever's left of the town, like, of people, because they spent two weeks stealing shit from all the people, too, because all the sources that I found said that it's impossible to even estimate what they stole unofficially, because, like, there's one governor left of the city, like a Spanish governor, because they killed all the other ones. There's one official left that signed the paperwork that said they will take 150,000 Spanish silver pieces from us. Um, but like unofficially, they ransacked and stole everything out of everybody. Right. And they don't too. report it. It doesn't have to go back to England like they're the problem he had before. Well, now they don't have to give anything to England because he's operating unofficially. Oh, okay. So he's not hes yes. not even like As, weird piracy tax evasion. He's not paying his fucking taxes. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. There are no taxes. Yeah, I would love to see the IRS go after a man with a, I guess now it's a 28-boat fleet of armed pirate ships. <laughs> I was going to say, what is, what is this converted to ass loads? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you do the map this on this? Is, this is approximately seventy-three ass loads. Oh Man. Jesus! Marie Antoinette's ass yes. must have been like a bathtub. It's just a mountain of cake. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just said an actual spit take on my mic. <laughs> Fantastic. Um. So, um, but what's notable about all of this is that as soon as they leave Campeche. The whole fleet just disbands, and all the pirates go their own way. Oh, that's um, kind of understandable. So they like they got their shit. Now. Yeah, time to go back to what we did before. Right. Um, but in all of this, Mings was actually wounded. Um, I don't know how he, I couldn't figure out how he was actually wounded because, from my understanding, he was commanding from the bombardment on the sea. So he must have come ashore at some point, and some random Spanish dude must have shot him or something. Um. Because he ended up having to go back to England for treatment. Um, but upon returning to England, he was officially rewarded the title of Vice Admiral and then knighted by the king. Wow. <laughs> you, sir, embody the honor of a knighthood. Sir, I, I literally spent the last two weeks raping and pillaging a town to death. <laughs> Rise, Vice um, Admiral Ming. Yes, but... Um, so Mings is still regarded as like the architect of piracy in the Caribbean by historians because it's called the Mings model. Um, his blueprint was used in all future like major pirate raids uh, throughout the golden age of piracy where you would have a simultaneous land and sea attack. Ah, the Ming um, dynasty. <laughs> different Mings. Good one. Thank you. Yes. Spelled different, but. I know. Um, but. Um, that was actually in my head. I've been spelling it the Chinese way this whole time. What is it actually spelled? His name is M-Y-N-G-S. M-Y-N-G-S? Yes. I think it's like Old Welsh. Oh, okay. That's why there's so many consonants yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was infinitely interesting that like you had this official British officer that created the model for all pirates in the future to attack. I wonder probably if that's British what they settlements did. Because, um, you know, St. Augustine got razed to the ground by pirates at one point. It might have actually been twice. Right. I wonder if that's what they did then, too. Maybe. I don't know. But um. And where is uh, 
what kombucha what was this place kombucha <laughs> kombucha sorry yeah where would they attack what boba tea is that what they were going for <laughs> um, bubble tea where, where was uh where where is that in modern day it is in mexico do you know where yucatan is in mexico yes i think it's like so mexico is like a backwards j at the bottom it curves up. right right it's that little piece that curves up at the bottom okay. it's like on the inside gotcha, of that gotcha Cool. Okay, I just wasn't trying to visualize yes. it. But, so that was the Battle of Campeche, uh, our first pirate episode. Oh my I god. Love it. It'll be, this This kicks off Pirate Month on the Somewhat Sober Podcast Network. I think, um, I had no idea about Mings. Like, I feel like if you were to tell me anything about history, like, uh, pirates are a bit more something I understand, just because my dad, you know. And Noah, obviously, you fucking have a hard on for him too. Uh, but uh, it's just like, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I knew, I knew nothing about Mings, so this was actually really good. This was a good history lesson for me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, I. So I knew the only name I knew going into this was Oliver Cromwell. I, I've known him from like history class and stuff. Right. But I'd never heard of Oliver Cromwell's pirate before, and that is that. Right. Neither did I. This is a fantastic story. I. I had the idea for, like, let's do a pirate episode, because, like, I'm not super crazy about pirates, but I know you guys are, so I thought it would be really fun. Um, and so I just started Googling, like, pirate episodes. Um, you Googled and the first pirate episode? Pirate war, sorry. Um, <laughs> or pirate battles. And the first ones I got were all around, like, Vietnam, because there's a lot of, like, Asian piracy around Southern Asia. And I was looking at those. Oh, yeah. But then they just coincidentally all happen to be major battles that happened at the same time as their last episode during the like all the Chinese stuff. It was oh, the okay. Qing Dynasty helping the British fight pirates in Vietnam. I was like, ah, oh, that's too similar. So then I kind of wrapped around and found this one. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yes, it I is. Think what I find the most interesting about pirates, at least from what I can understand, is that a lot. I know at least for Blackbeard too, a lot of them didn't last that long. Like, all oh no, it was it was like stories. two three year careers. Right, that's what I mean. Is like all the stories and everything we know spans a very short amount of time compared to like you know anything else really. But yeah, no, I just I no, I I fucking I really enjoyed this episode. This was fun. Oh yeah, good. Well, I think this is a this is a fun one. So this is this is partially coming from like my my fictional stuff that I know about pirates. I'm like I read the book on Stranger Tides, which is a great book. Uh, I fucking love that one. But the as I understand it. I think piracy and pirate crews were the the first glimmer of anything res- like a pseudo democracy in the new world at the time because mm, they were the sense. like the first like quote unquote society not built around a king and a monarchy they were built around voting the captain in and then splitting the spoils and there was rules and you could you could kick the captain out if he made the crew mad enough and shit like that mm. I, th- I think that's very interesting because I feel like that mentality might have, you know, kind of bled north and eventually led to, you know, America being like, you know, ah, you know what? We don't want to have a fucking king. And I want to believe for real that there was like a pirate utopia somewhere hidden in the world. <laughs> yeah, like, I it's really never wrote it down because none of these guys I mean, can read. No, it's an Uncharted 4, man. That's what I was about to say. I've, I've been replaying Uncharted 4 um recently so i i was i've gotten to the island or new devon or whatever mm. it is and i was like yeah. man this actually i don't think this could be that wrong you know maybe history just hasn't yeah. found it yet or maybe 
maybe they did and they just don't talk about it. But I think, I don't know. I mean, even uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean three, I think they have like the pirate meeting and they're like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, the place. pirate lords. Yeah. That was real. The pirate lord up. stuff was real. Yeah, well, they actually they did write like like an accorded set of rules for themselves. Right. Which yeah, which is like the wild part is they were they were like a self governing populace. Well, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us uh, at Somewhat Sober Pod on Instagram and what was our Twitter? (laughs) Somewhat Sober Podcast. I mean, you'll you'll find it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somewhat Sober Podcast on uh, on Twitter, and we upload every Wednesday on Spotify and most places that you get podcasts actually. Yeah, Anchor does a pretty good job of distributing for us. So thanks. Anchor. Really, I thought we only uploaded on. Spotify. No, no, it's, it's on uh, iTunes, like iTunes podcasts. Really, and a couple other ones. Yeah. All right, thank you for listening. I have been your host, Alex. Oh, I'm not doing this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> I have been Discord. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're signing off. <laughs> right. uh, thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm.